Good morning. Welcome. Glad to see you today. It's good to be in uh, God's house. It's good to be with God's people. We've even had some rain since we were here last, haven't we? <laughs> it finally has come, so, and it was a welcome, welcome sight. So, uh, but we're glad that you are here this morning and, uh, and welcome you. Uh, we welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. And if you're a first-time guest, we'd like to invite you to stop by our hospitality table out in the foyer. Uh, we'd have a little gift that we would like for you to pick up uh, before you leave today. Let me remind everyone of a few announcements. Uh, first of all, our attendance sheets that are on each row, we'd like to ask if you would to take that out and fill it out. Uh, give us as much information as you feel comfortable giving. Uh, that information stays right here. We don't sell that information or anything like that. Uh, it's something that we use uh, use right here. And uh, and but but especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to put your email address on there. Uh, this is a good way to keep up with um, what's going on uh, at Community Baptist Church and what opportunities for service and fellowship and ministry you have here. Uh, we, that comes out every Thursday, and so if you'd like to receive that, be sure to put your email address on there. Uh, Upward is uh, our Upward basketball and cheerleading program will be uh, gearing up very shortly. I can't believe it's already August. 
School begins on Wednesday, and that means that in short order we will be uh, uh, distributing our flyers and beginning the, um, our uh, evaluations for Upward. And so we are in the midst of preparing for that, and there will be a meeting this afternoon at 4.30 for anybody that's interested in being a part of our Upward ministry. Uh, and we need a lot of volunteers. This is a, a big ministry for our church. It, it requires a lot of people doing a lot of work. And so if you're interested at all in, in being a part of our Upward ministry, uh, you can be here this afternoon at 4.30. And we'll be having a kickoff breakfast on the 19th at 9 o'clock. And that's a time for us to um, to talk about the needs of volunteers that we have and also to have a time of fellowship and prayer uh, for our upward upward season. Um, this Wednesday uh, or actually last Wednesday, we resumed our Wednesday activities, our Wednesday evening activities. We took the month of July off. But we started back on Wednesday uh, with our evening dinners on Wednesdays. That's at 545 and our our youth and children's activities at 6.30, and our adult Bible study at 6.30 as well. And we began a, uh, a series last week. It's called Being Courageous in Our Faith. And I really didn't plan this, but I, I realized it in the middle of my study last week that our last series was being a contagious Christian, and this one is being a courageous Christian. So... Uh, God just kind of works that way. But uh, we invite you to come and be a part of that. It's, it's going to be a good Bible study series, I think, and it's, it's good for us to know how we can, can uh, be courageous in our faith, in our everyday lives. We have our, our SureWay fundraiser coming up. And, Mike, I think you have some announcements, an announcement about that, if you would like to, to come and make that announcement. Good morning, and I bring you greetings from the mission and ministry team. Uh, we've got a big fundraiser coming up, and it's it's in the bulletin this morning. It's on uh, September the 7th and the 8th. That's a Friday and a Saturday. Our uh, our mission funds are, are have been pretty much depleted, and uh, we're trying to uh, get some more funds to uh, for our various ministries and uh, different things that we do, which also includes the Salvation Army feeds where we feed the people at the Salvation Army once a quarter. So uh, we have tickets available, and uh, we're really trying to push this one this year. We, we need a uh, more so than in the past, we, we're, and we're trying to do a lot of pre-sales. So if you think, uh, if you want tickets for yourself or you think you can sell tickets, we'd like you to take tickets and sell to uh, friends, neighbors, uh, maybe co-workers, and uh, Dottie will have tickets in the church office, and Christine has a bunch of tickets uh, also. So uh, any help would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and also I uh, want to remind you of the rummage sale on the, uh, the first weekend of October. Uh, it's the Highway 60 rummage sale, and that's uh, another one of our fundraisers that we're, we're, we're trying to get going. So if you have items you can bring to the church, we have a room upstairs that we're, we're storing stuff. Uh, and would ask you to just bring whatever you have uh, to the church. Uh, but no clothes, please. We're, we're not uh, doing clothes this time. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Mike. And, and that is very important. Our Sureway um, fundraiser is one of the one of the main fundraisers that we have, that, and the money goes towards our mission projects here at Community Baptist. And um, and we want, really want to make that a good fundraiser this this year. And so please take some tickets. You know, I think that probably just about everybody in here can sell some tickets uh, to to that. And that's for. Uh, chicken dinners and uh, rib dinners and uh, uh, pork chop sandwich dinners, and it's a it's really good. And so please take some of those tickets, and we want to have as many pre-sales as we possibly can because that's what's going to make this a really successful fundraiser. So uh, thank you so much for helping us out in that way. It's great to be here with you, so, uh, and it's great to share God's love with each other. So let me uh, invite you now to stand and share the love of God as we greet each other in the name of the Lord. Okay. Thank you.
our Lord. All creation will proclaim. You are here, you are here, in the presence and holy. You are God, you are God, of all else I'm letting go. people said. Please be seated. Isn't that great? Oh, man. Wonderful. 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 Children, it's time for our children's moment. Nibby, where are we going to be here? Right here in the front. Right here in the front. So children, come on up front uh, for our children's moment. Come on up, guys. Come on, girls, guys. Come on up. Don Jerry, I was turned on earlier. Summer and I were having a understand. One of the things that I enjoy doing the most is riding my bicycle. How many of you have a bicycle? Do you have a bicycle? Well, I'm going to teach you some safety things or some things that you need to know about riding your bicycle. Okay? First thing we always need to do is wear a helmet. Do you have helmets to ride with your bicycles or tricycles? Sometimes I don't wear mine and I get um, I, uh, peer pressure. Keeps wearing it. But if you ever see me riding my bicycle and I don't have it, my helmet on, you say something to me, okay? Because I always want to wear my helmet when I ride my bicycle. And some other things that we need to remember about riding a bicycle is that you always ride anything that you've got wheels on. You always go with the traffic, so we're always on the right side of the road. If you're walking, you're always on the left side of the road, okay? So that's some things to remember. And here's, a, here's another two ones, and I want you to learn this one. If you're riding your bicycle or tricycle or on wheels and you see a car in front of you, you know what you're supposed to yell? No, you're supposed to yell, car up! Okay? And if you see a car behind you, if you're on your bicycle, you yell, car back. And you know what everybody else that you're um, riding with is supposed to do? They're supposed to repeat you. So let's try that. 
Car up. Right? Car back. Car back. So there's two. So when you're riding your bicycle, that's two things that you need. And that just keeps us aware and a little bit of safety. If you see me I'm happy, okay? Because I, I absolutely love riding my bicycle. And yesterday morning was a little bit interesting. I keep going in and out, don't I? I don't... I'm going to keep on going. I can talk very loud if I need to, Mr. Jerry. Um, I started bicycling early yesterday morning around 6 o'clock. I went Jerry and John and Dave and Kelsey's house really early. I don't think they were even away. But I went to college to meet a group of about four other people to ride my bicycle. <laughs> so I got out to the college and I was pulling all my, I had my spare tube and my pump and everything all out. And guess what people started doing to me? One person got my bicycle up on the back of the truck, pulled my wheel off. Another person started airing up the new tube. The other person started doing it. There was about five people that were helping me. <laughs> so, that is my lesson for you today, is that a lot of times we might not be good at some things, like I'm not good at uh, fixing my bicycle, I'm good at riding my bicycle, but other people are. So when you're good at something, work together with others, and you can get something good done. That's why I have for you this morning, and y'all can stay here, because it is promotion Sunday, and Miss Mary...
Thank you. We are so proud of our of our students, of our children, and we're grateful for their teachers. You may have uh, noticed a uh, pattern with the teachers. Once you become a teacher at Community Baptist Church, it's kind of like a, a judge's position. It's a uh, it's a position for life. <laughs> That's right. But we're grateful for our children and, and for our, our teachers. Join with me for, uh, with our responsive reading for today, titled Church. Young and old, sons and daughters of God, you, all you who are the diverse creation of God's imagination and love, join in praise and thanksgiving as we worship the one who brings us together.
We come together in partnership and mission, knowing that we are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to serve others, to seek justice, to offer the hope of the resurrected Christ. We are called to the hope of our high calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. As members of the body of Christ, we covenant together in this hour to build on our sure foundation of Jesus Christ our Lord and to seek the vision of Christ's hope for the world. Amen. I think it's appropriate today that the sermon is working together because this is the eighth anniversary that we've been working together with Tim Hobbs as our pastor. So I hope you will join me in extending a a kind word or a kind deed this week as we appreciate his service to the church. Join me in hearing the word of the Lord. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, 
just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Amen. Eternal God, may these gifts represent an eternal commitment to love you above all else, 
and to love our brothers and sisters in need because they are loved by you. We give thanks for the work of the ministers in this church and for these tithes and offerings. In his holy name, amen.
Wonderful. Thank you, choir. Let me ask you a question this morning. How important is the church to you? How important is the church to you? Some of you will probably remember country comedian Jerry Clower. Besides being a very funny storyteller, Clower was also a deeply religious man, and he tells about one occasion when he invited his 14-year-old daughter, Sue, and one of her friends to go with him to the Country Music Awards in Hollywood. He told Sue about some of the celebrities that she would meet if she went and some of the best-known entertainers of the time. And Sue's response, she said, Daddy, I love you, and I'm glad you would arrange for us to go on this trip. But, Daddy, there's something going on at church that I don't want to miss. I won't be able to go with you this time. Clower says that tears welled up in his eyes and he wanted to sing the doxology. (laughs) To think that a church activity was more important to his daughter than a trip to the Country Music Awards. Interesting. A church activity was more important than a trip to meet some of her favorite celebrities. So, how important is church to you? Anglican Bishop James Cruikshank was once asked by a student, what is the first thing we should do when we start with a new church? And Cruikshank replied, once you arrive, go to your office, sit down, and remain there until you realize that what your church is doing is the most important mission in the community. And then give thanks that Christ has called you to be a part of it. The most important mission in the community. I ask again, how important is church to you? Do you believe that God has a plan for our church? Do you believe that what we are doing, preparing the world for the kingdom of God by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ Do you believe that that's the most important work that any group of people can ever do? Do you believe that? Or do you just look at church as another organization that you you belong to because it's, it's good for the kids? Or maybe it's a good way to make business contacts. My friends, I believe that that God has called this group of people to turn the world upside down. For the sake of his kingdom. I read a story recently about a circuit riding preacher during the frontier days. He was a a humdinger of a preacher named Jesse Lee. And he once preached a sermon on Acts 17 verse 6. Which reads like this in the King James Version. These that turned the world upside down have come here also. That's, That's the verse that he was preaching on. And the thrust of his sermon was that. Sin has turned the world upside down, and the design of the gospel is to set the world right side up again. Well, the people at this particular town decided that they were going to have a little fun with this preacher. And so the next day, after he had preached that sermon that night, the next day when he rode into town, he discovered that everything that he could see that could be turned upside down was turned upside down. 
Wagons were turned upside down. Signs were upside down. Gates were hanging upside down. Everything that could be turned upside down was upside down. The people of the town got a a good laugh at the preacher's expense, but at least they got the point. And And the purpose of the church is to turn the world upside down, or better, right side up. But I'm afraid that many of us have a tendency to take the church for granted. We see the church as a, as a mere institution, a, a club, a place where we can come and meet our friends or make business contacts. But, but if we, what we fail to realize is that the church is the body of Christ at work in the world. That's who we are, folks. And Christ came into the world to save the world. In John 3.17, we are told that, that God did not send His Son into to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. But how does this happen? Well, He certainly saved the world through the cross. He gave His life, and, and by His life we receive salvation. But what we fail to recognize is that Christ is still giving His body to save the world today. And he's doing this through the church in service to the world. In other words, we are central to the plan of God. And if we fail to do what Christ has called us to do, and if we fail to be what Christ has called us to be, then Christ's saving work will be incomplete. One of my favorite writers, Anne Lamott, in her best-selling book titled Traveling Mercies. She explains why she made her son go to church with her. And here's what she says. She says, the main reason is that I wanted to give him what I found in the world, which is a path and a little light to see by. Most of the people I know who have what I want, she says, purpose, heart, balance, Gratitude and joy are people with a deep sense of spirituality. They are people in community, people who pray or practice their faith. They follow a brighter light than the glimmer of their own candle. They are part of something beautiful. And she says, our our funky little church is filled with people who are working for peace and freedom and who are out there on the streets and inside praying And they are at home writing letters and they are at the shelters with giant platters of food. And then she says, when I was at the end of my rope, the people at St. Andrews tied a knot in it for me and helped me to hold on. I think that's pretty good. When she was at the end of her rope, the people of her church tied a knot at the end of that rope and helped her to hold on. Folks, the work of the church is important work. It is critical work. And if we don't understand that, then I don't think we can appreciate the words of the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. Now, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. And so he knows that his time is probably limited. He knows that he, he doesn't have much time in this world. And so as he, he writes this, this letter, he writes it with a sense of urgency. An urgency about the gospel and about the the church and about their mission. 
as the people who are to convey this gospel. And he tells them two very important things about the church. The first thing is that it is vitally important that our unity be be maintained. Paul says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In other words, it is vital that the church be unified. Folks, I can think of nothing sadder than a church that is divided with dissension. I heard about one pastor who told why he resigned from his pulpit. He had hired a young minister to work with the the youth at his church, and this young minister said some things, some rather radical things within the hearing of of some of the the young people. And, you know, when you're young and you're, you're searching, you can say some things that make older people feel uncomfortable. Ever realize, ever notice that? Most of us understand that, but, but there were some people in that church who made a big deal about it, and the church became divided. The minister felt that as a matter of integrity, he needed to support his young assistant, and, and that's when the trouble began. He said, one Sunday, my wife went up to sit in the choir. And right in front of the whole congregation, two members of the choir got up and moved so that they wouldn't have to sit next to her. He said, I couldn't take it any longer. The way some Christians can treat other Christians. And so I resigned. My friends, if you believe that the church of Jesus Christ is at the center of God's purpose for creation. And if you believe that we are called to be a light unto this world, then that will break your heart. Because, folks, if we are the hope that God has for this world, then the rest of the world is in a lot of trouble if we can't love one another. Our unity is critical. We must work as a team. I heard about a pastor who gathered his his congregation together. Maybe we'll do this someday. But he gathered his congregation together in a circle. They made a big circle. And then he told them to picture God in the middle of that circle. Now picture this in your mind, if you will. Picture God at the middle in the middle of this circle, and they're all standing in a big circle. And then he, he instructed them all to move forward. Toward God. And so the group of people complied and they started moving towards the middle of the circle. But at one point they came shoulder to shoulder with one another and they had to stop. Then the pastor said, you can't get closer to God without getting closer to one another. He's right, isn't he? You can't split the body in two and have that body carry out its task. And we are called to be the body of Christ in earthly flesh to the world. And so it's important that we work together and love one another. And so Paul tells us that our unity is critical. But he also says that each of us has a gift 
to be used in God's service. Paul says that that Christ gave gifts to some of us to be apostles and some prophets and some pastors and teachers. And the purpose of those gifts is to equip his people, the church, for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be, be built up. Now, these gifts that Paul mentions here in this passage are gifts of ministry. And, but we all have gifts that we can use for God's kingdom. And some of these, some of us are gifted as, as salespeople, or some as engineers, some as mechanics and farmers. But, but all of us are gifted in some way. And it's, it's when we offer these gifts to be used by God, that's when the kingdom is brought near, nearer. You ever heard that old fable, Aesop's fable, about the, the crow who was out in the wilderness? He's very thirsty. Hadn't had anything to drink in a long time. But he, he found this jug that had a little bit of water in the bottom of the jug. And he tried to reach in and get some of the water out of the bottom of the jug, but he couldn't do it. His beak just wouldn't quite reach it. So what did he do? He started picking up pebbles one at a time and dropping them into the jug. And what happened was that as those pebbles accumulated in the bottom of the jug, the water level rose until finally the old crow was able to get a drink of water. Folks, that's my understanding of the way God has chosen to work in the world. Each one of us dropping our own little pebble. Teaching that Sunday school class, making that visit, working on the finance team, making that special gift to the the mission project, serving as an usher. All of these things are, are very important. Each of us serving in our own special ministry, doing that little task that may not seem so important at a time, but those pebbles are accumulating at the bottom of the jug and the water level is rising. And one of these days, God is going to bring God's kingdom to fruition. That's God's plan for creation. And it is all centered in this group of people. The church. Now the question is, are you dropping in your pebble? Are you using your gift for the glory of God? Well, you might say, well, well, Pastor, what can I do? Well, let me tell you about a little old lady in a small church many years ago. Her name, quite appropriately, was Miss Fuss. (laughs) Miss Fuss. And she really could fuss, particularly at her young pastor, but, but he knew that she really had a heart of gold. Well, Miss Fuss was severely handicapped by arthritis, and one of the most thoroughly afflicted people that you can imagine with this painful disease. Her, her wrists and her knees and her ankles were all swollen up and she could just barely keep going, but she would not quit. Every Sunday morning when the doors of her church opened, Miss Fuss was there. She had to, she had to use a cane to, to get around and, and somebody had to help her up the steps every week, but But she said to herself and to others, if I ever quit going, I'm afraid I'll die. And so she was there for every service. Well, the pastor stood up one Sunday 
And he preached a sermon on this passage of Scripture, on the idea that each of us has a, has a ministry, that each of us has a pebble that we can drop into the jug. And so Miss Fuss went up to him after the service and said, Pastor, what can I do? He looked down at this severely handicapped lady who could barely get down the aisle of the church. And he had to admit that he didn't know. He said, Miss Fuss, I, I don't have an answer for you right away, but I'll pray about it. And you pray about it. And I'll be by later this week and we'll talk about it. Well, later that week, Pastor went by to see Miss Fuss. And, and when he did, she was so happy to see him. Her face was filled with excitement. And she said, Pastor, I think I've discovered my calling. And so the pastor, who had not been able to think of a calling for Miss Fuss, was a little relieved here. And he he said, tell me about it. And she said, we've got some shut-ins in this town who have nobody to look after them. Some of them have family that live a long way away. They could die, and it might be days before anybody ever knew it. So I've started a program of calling each of these shut-ins and talking with them for five minutes every day. Now, Miss Fuss couldn't dial the phone the way most people dialed telephone because of her arthritis. This was back in the days of the rotary dial. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but it's a dial that has to be turned. And, and so Miss Fuss had a little stick that she placed in the dial to help her dial. So the dialing was a, a slow and tedious process, but she, she started this ministry of calling each of these shut-ins to make sure that they were all right, even though most people in the, in the condition that she was in would consider themselves to be a shut-in. She says, I limited my calls to five minutes because I'm afraid that if I went longer, I might be tempted to tell them about my problems instead of listening to theirs. Miss Fuss had found her ministry. She found her gift. She found her pebble to drop into the jug. And folks, if Miss Fuss can find a ministry in her condition, then you and I have no excuse. That's how the kingdom of God is coming. One pebble at a time. So what's the pebble that you have to offer? You see, the crisis of the church today is not one of belief. All the surveys show that most American Christians still believe pretty much the same things that they have believed years ago. So the crisis is not belief, and the crisis is not one of resources, because most of the churches have a whole lot more resources than Peter and Paul ever had. So what's the problem? Here it is. The crisis of the church today is one of commitment. Jesus said, if anyone would be my disciple, he must take up his cross and follow me. And that's another way of saying that we need to find that unique ministry that Christ has called, to, called us to offer the world. And for most of us, that's, that's not going to be preaching. It may not even be teaching or singing in the choir or serving in, in a leadership capacity. Some of us will... will do our best work in, in quiet little ways that few people will even know about. But in order for the waters of God to rise, each 
And every one of us must drop our pebble into the jug. What a tremendous privilege it is to be the church of Jesus Christ. We are Christ's own body. The light of the world, Jesus called us. And that means that our unity is critical. And it also means that every one of us has a calling, a ministry, a pebble to drop in. And one day God will take all of those pebbles and build God's kingdom. And the day will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. May that be so with each of us, now and forever. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn, Be Thou My Vision, number 60. There may be someone here today who, may, who needs to make a commitment to Christ this morning to say yes to the glorious grace that Christ has for us, to say yes to being a part of what God is calling us to be, the church. Saying yes to be a part of His work in the world. Saying yes to be a disciple of Christ and truly following Christ and using our gifts and our talents for the glory of God's kingdom so that God's good news of salvation can be spread into this community and all around the world. If you've never made that commitment to Christ, I hope you'll do it today. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a rosy life for the rest of your life. But what it does mean is that God is going to be with you and help you through the hard times. And it means that God's going to give you a purpose to live for. And that purpose is God's kingdom. If you want to be a part of that and you've never made that commitment, I hope you'll do it today. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of where you can use your gifts and your talents and to, to serve God's kingdom. We invite you to come and unite with our church. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. Maybe there are some things going on in your life that you'd like to get off of your shoulders or some problem that you'd like to some help shouldering. We can pray with you. God's dealing in your heart in any way. We invite you to come as we sing. Be thou my vision. Would you come?
Well, Lord, we gathered here today as your people, the body of Christ in the world. And we thank you for the commitment of love that you have shown to us. We pray that you would help us now to show that same commitment to you as we serve you today. Make us faithful witnesses to your kingdom. Do not allow us to be mere spectators, but help us to do your goodwill as we go into the world carrying the good news with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.